Welcome to the Crash Courts Podcast. Um, we are down one member this week. Unfortunately, John can't be with us because he was murdered by our guest. But we have our guest instead. Hello, internets! So we have the uh, world-renowned Nelson Lugo. Wow, wow. world-renowned? World no, I'm, I'm marginally tolerated within the five boroughs. That's, <laughs> that is the breadth and scope of my... Uh, um, uh, made up fandom. Not allowed in Kansas. <laughs> no, no, no. Our guest this week is uh, Nelson Lugo, uh, known for, of course, the epic podcast, Epic Wind Burlesque, it's Shark Bite Sideshow, just to name a few things. Oh, good grief. And uh, <laughs> and and much more. And he's going to be running through the al- our album of the week with us, our review, as well as um, just sit and talk to us a little bit about what he does, how he got started, and, and all that fun stuff. So to start off, we're going to start with what's in our headphones uh, and talk about what we've been listening to this week. I myself have been listening to um, Nelson's arch enemy, Shea for the Dark Lord, on record. Yes, yes, you have been. You you were listening to it on the car ride over here. Yeah, so, yeah. I was listening to uh, uh, Manslaughter, which uh, Slaughterer, Manslaughter. Manslaughterer. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, mispronouncing the album title. Um, um, but I was listening to that. Uh, has has one of my favorite songs on it. God damn it, is one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. by, by Schaefer. Just because whenever I'm angry and I listen to that song, it makes me feel better. Because you get to yell, God damn it. No, yeah. God damn it, it's a great song. It is. And there was like a, there was a whole month where literally that was on infinite repeat uh, <laughs> in my headphones for like a whole yeah. month. Yeah. Yeah. I was a very angry individual that month. <laughs> well, uh, it's good to know that that helped get you through. <laughs> I didn't say it got me through. I just said I listened it was to there. it for a whole month. Oh, okay. yeah. Well then. But, uh, but yeah, I've been listening to, to that record um, a lot. This week, as well as, um, as per our review last week of the script, it reminded me of One Republic, so I've been listening to the last record. I just actually recently found out they have a new record, I think, that just came out or is coming out, so that'll probably be my next pick for an album review. Ooh, um, don't jump the gun. You. I'm sorry. <laughs> Save it for the end. We got structures to keep here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, um, uh, yes, sir, um, I have been listening to Shaker the Dark Lord 2. Oh, really? Only at the request of him, like like an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> so. But he liked it, so it's, it works out. All right, he has two listeners. Excellent. <laughs> two I'm people. Two. I think we have three. Well, in Staten Island, anyway. Ah, uh, yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah, not whopping. No. Other than that, low. I've been listening to low. The um, the very very low slow core band. Oh, is that? Yes. Oh, that's right. You've mentioned them before. Yes. And More I giggled them. at the term slow core. Just because slow core, it just it seems it's a wonderful, so silly. wonderful term. I love for something I, dissonant this... and strong yet incredibly slow, where you get a beat that goes boom, 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 boom. You I'm already this? bored. I'm already you know? bored. That's it. <laughs> I'm already bored. That's uh, that is the that is my attention span. I have the attention span of a gnat. Well, what have you been listening to? Um, I don't listen to whole albums. I, um, I You're a mixed person kind of I'm guy. A everything we abhor. Yay! <laughs> Starting off the podcast right. Um, well, no, that's not true. I, I have listened to um, a lot of Steam Powered Giraffe, okay. um, which is this fantastic uh, steampunk band out of, uh, I think, California. Oh, cool. Um, and their shtick is that they're all robots, they're all automatons. And they have this wonderful sort of stage deck. And what's great about them is that they are brilliant musicians first. Okay. And their songs are about either robots or about being a robot. And that's <laughs> second. And then third, they're actually quite hilarious. That's so it's, cool. it's, they're just wonderful, wonderful music to listen to. Even if you're not a steampunk fan, it's fucking wonderful. I love the name, which is incredibly shallow of me, but yeah. it probably will get me to listen to them. Steam Powered Giraffe, I can't recommend them enough. They have two albums out. Uh, one is called um, Album One, oddly <laughs> enough, That's and funny. the other one is called The Two Cent Show, and they're huh. fan- fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Other than that, um, actually, that was the, the script we listened to. Their album title was number three, wasn't it? And it was the third, third album. album. Yeah, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Interesting. I, I see a trend a here of too bad. A trend of laziness. Yes. <laughs> trend uh, of incredible But then, uh, other than that, I just been making a lot of uh, playlists for the various shows that I do, and um, as a result of that, I ended up listening to a lot of music, sort of out of context from the album. Right. And so I just I've been listening to like you know dance playlists and show playlists and just a lot of that 
Basically. Okay. Well, that's actually quite a good segue into what we're doing here today. Mm-hmm. Because... Wait, we have a purpose of being here today? We do have a purpose. Believe it or not, every week we come here with a purpose. It's very vague. You might not understand it, but we have a purpose. That's good. Okay. That sounded so official. I yeah. know! Right? I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath to hear what the purpose is. <laughs> to review an album like we do every week. Oh. Nevertheless, this particular album, well, this particular band, is called The Flying Lotus, or just Flying Lotus. I believe it's just Flying just, Lotus. just a guy, just a dude. He's not a band at all. And this dude has plenty of featured people on his album. Yeah. The album itself is called Until the Quiet Comes. Now, this is my pick. I have heard them before, but a few people suggested I heard it passively, and I was kind of intrigued because I heard a few songs out of context of the album, like you just said. And on that level, I enjoyed it. But on the level of an album that, as a matter of fact, is our longest yet, eighteen tracks. Yeah, eighteen, but not, but not Ooh. egregiously long either. It was, no, yeah, yeah. Tra- there were some like tracks. minute tracks, under, yeah. under minute even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this album's going to be tough for me personally to talk about a bit, just because we're very big in the track by track format. But this album, I mean, the way it was edited and, and produced. There are moments where you think the track's ending and it's not, and this is definitely very jazz, freeform jazz in the fact that it's kind of, you can tell that it was kind of either worked through or just this this experimental state of being almost, this yeah. album. Yeah, it's, 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 almost, it's almost music that you sort of, not almost, it's music that it's, it's more about the experience of listening to it rather than listening to it, because there's no narrative, there's no lyrics, uh, or limited, um, um, or 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 the lyrics that are there aren't really telling a narrative. They're just there, there to add to the sound shapes and scape of it all. Certainly, um, and I think soundscape is the perfect word for this type of music. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of genres that could be thrown around to this. Uh, one for the sake of it is experimental jazz, uh, which the only reason I can even call it that is because it was on Wikipedia. It's a horrible name, <laughs> horrible way to source what you're doing. Yeah, but yeah, no, seriously, I can't find any other listing of what they are, and they probably be a little embarrassed to even have a name for themselves. I mean, they don't I know just what to call I, themselves, I don't think. I just love just like what they do. And I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast several times, but I love genres and this concept that there are some bands so unique that they have genres for themselves. Right. Like just <laughs> they, they invented their, their own genre, yes. I mean, actually, um and I forgot to tell you about this Steve, I wanted to. There's a bit that MC Frontalot had done on one of his uh, records. He does a lot of skits and he had done one with Will Wheaton. Where nice. they yes. were making fun uh, of each other, and so Mamsi um, Frontlot was talking about how he wanted to write a blog and mocking it by talking about as if it were Will Wheaton's blog. Will Wheaton said that he wanted to get into rapping, and he rapped about shellfish, and then said he wanted to start shellfish core rap. And and to she, which to which uh, Frontlot said, well, "Doesn't is it, when you when you find that very limiting?" And to which Will Wheaton says, "Would it? Oh." Would it? And it's it's yeah, that's it's funny in my own mind because it sounds like selfish core reps, which kind of would be what it is in that its too, own way. That too. Uh, yeah, I mean this this album this album was 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 uh, uh, difficult for me because it's not it's not my cup of tea. It's not something that I would ever seek out. It's not something that I would ever. Um, I mean, the, the, I mean, I listened to it because you guys invited me to here, and and you guys played it for me. It's certainly not typical of what um, we do necessarily. Well, no, it's, well, it's not, definitely not where we've been the last the past few weeks. I'm not. A, I'm. I'm not. I guess you know. I, full disclaimer: this is not music that I would ever really uh, partake in. You know, but having listened to it, and 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 I would count myself a freeform jazz fan. I don't know if I'm knowledgeable enough to really talk about it at any length, but I do enjoy it. Well, that's the thing. Once you start stepping into freeform jazz territory, and especially avant-garde jazz territory, right. that itself is anything. Yeah. It really just is absolutely anything. Yeah. So when you say you are a fan or you're not a fan, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's meaningless, because one well, example of it might intrigue you, while another might completely... You well, might I like, I guess I, I like the freeform jazz that came out of the sort of Harlem Renaissance... Um, you know the the, the old style, old, old school, style. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking, we're talking like, I. you know, we're we're talking, you know, fifties, sixties, Thelonious Monk, that kind of stuff. And again, I'm like, I don't know a lot of it. I'm my my knowledge is very limited. But I, but from what I've heard, um, through the my dad's own personal collection, I happen to like a lot. And yeah. this album uh, had a lot of that element yes. in it. Certainly. And so on that level, I appreciated for what I was trying to do. 
overall, not something that I would possibly uh, really get into. That's an interesting thing you brought up because this particular album sort of, how to put it, it's very sporadic. It jumps around, even though it is I think, jazz, I think, I think you you're being very generous with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. saying it jumps around <laughs> yeah, is very, very generous. I think right. you're being very well, we'll kind and very that. generous. We'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But, but considering we started out here talking about freeform jazz, yes. and talking about the old stuff, uh, you, you mentioned Thelonious Monk. I love Thelonious Monk. Uh, Charles Mingus I'm sure. uh, also a big fan of. Um, I, I actually, I'm having deja vu here. I feel like I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. But uh, possible. He had an album out... Um, I believe it was Music Symposium, something to that effect. I thought it was an absolutely amazing piece of work. Now, it is free form, but man, it has such a profound message. It flows from one track to the next. You know, it was a vinyl, it came out in like 1959, which is like the golden year of jazz. And the message, not just lyrically, but even the instrumental message, is it really puts you in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Like no other kind of jazz I've particularly heard. This doesn't do it so much. No. There's not really... My biggest problem with this album is, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I've said it when we explained in our articles about our rating system, I really need to connect with an album somehow. Emotionally is usually the strongest way I connect, but something. My biggest problem with this album is from track to track, A, I'd ask several times if it was a new track when it wasn't. Because of the way that they cut from one section, the A section to the B section, it sounded like it was a brand new song. Like, and I... So I'd start to get into something, and I would even even groove with some some of the tracks, but then it would make this sharp turn, and I would get lost again, and I wouldn't know where I am. It was very much as uh, uh, Steve made an, a reference off the air about dropping me in the wilderness with this album because I'd never heard anything yeah that's close a, to this. And I do feel bad about that it's, for doing that to you. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That was yeah. it, you can't poor form you, on my part. Yeah, you can't f- feel. St- Steve's smugness through the mic, <laughs> but it's here. But it's here because obviously being no, the, no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I regret everything that I am. It's okay. It's fine. Oh dear. But no, I mean, I have a habit. This of podcast do- just got real. <laughs> I, I have a habit of dropping Steve in on bands that he doesn't know without a parachute, and you know, and but that's because I like Steve's opinion on getting that shell shock and kind of going headfirst into something. Well, I don't, I don't think this is new in anything that we've done so far. I think it's no secret that I have a flair for the experimental, but. This that said, is even... there's a lot. There's a lot of stipulations that go with that. Yeah. If you're going to be experimental, you need to have a message, and you need to have some kind of context to put the message in. You need to state it correctly. You need to have things flow logically from one moment to the next. I think it's just important to not only the composer themselves, but the listener to have that that effect that yeah. they're being told something that is complete. They feel fulfilled. But I, this is even dropping me in the wilderness because there's several instances throughout this album. You could find it in track eight, Putty Boy Strut. That was one of the most profound instances where I was totally immersed in what they were doing. Yes. Oh yeah, was that intriguing. was that was by far. It seemed to me there had been so much dissonance and so much uh, so purposeful discord. Yes. Um, that, they're, that they're trying to engineer into this music, yeah. that that was the first time in the middle of that record, which I guess is around track eight with that Putty Boy strut, where it's like, oh, okay, finally, I get it. I get yeah. what yeah. I get what they're about. I get what they what they what they are musically. This is something that I can actually listen to and have an emotional connection to. Certainly, but Devil's Advocate, that's track eight. Yes, that's, that's eight tracks in. Album. That's about the same point where when we're doing normal length albums, we start writing it off. We yeah. start being yeah, like, yeah, they're not going to save this. No, no. Now, now, and that was only this is the, an 18-track album. And that wasn't even the halfway point. The next track after that was more or less. I mean, this is an 18-track album. And, and the... the, the 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 hardest thing for me, considering we had this format that we've done for 18 weeks where we go track by track, it's so hard to do this for this album because some of the tracks are just so not memorable and so blending with other tracks that like, like Putty Boy Strut was the first track that really stood out for me also. That's why I remember it. But before that and after that, a lot of the songs just blended together. I kind of I kind of feel like the track separation is almost kind of forced by the label. And that they wanted this to and be that, one large sound. And they wanted this to be one long Just a song. single track. Yeah, just yeah. a single solitary track. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. That would have, I think that might have added to it if we weren't getting these breaks. Because I know other bands who have done albums like that where they just 
have one long track, and for what they're trying to accomplish, it sometimes it works a lot. Yeah, sure. And I feel like that might have hurt this. It, I don't know. I think... you, had to, you almost called it a concept album earlier on. It's just it's a strange way to put it because I understand the idea of the fully formed nature of it, but there's too much disconnection within that. Yeah, that I, I could never really call it's, it a concept yeah, there's, album. Well, I mean, I call it a concept album only in that it's 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 consistent in its choices of being inconsistent. And what I sure. what I mean yes, what, that, that what, I what, what I mean about that is that they are dissonant the same way throughout the album. Yeah, they are they disconnect their A's and their B's and their harmonies, and in the same way throughout. Now each I hate I hesitate to call them tracks now, but in each separate soundscape is a completely different sound and feel than everything else that has come before or after it. But at least it's consistent about how it's being weird. You know, these are sound bites, not so much as tracks. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I can definitely get on board with that. Um, Having said all that, there are only two, maybe two and a half (laughs) uh, sound bites that I actually enjoyed. I'm about, I think, at the same level you as know. Nelson. It's just, like, they're de- like I think the only almost complete song I liked was uh, See Through to You, which was featuring Erica Badu. That was great. Because it had this kind of, and you had said this, this Cirque du Soleil almost kind of mysticism and flow right. to it. And I, and I really liked it. But then, it, like, the last 30 seconds or so, the sound completely changed. With her still singing something completely different. And it was so jarring and different. It it. it it killed it for me liking this whole quote-unquote track. Yeah, it really does step away from everything we've done so far because we're critical of this even uh, on fairly uniformed albums. You know, things that really aren't trying to throw you for a loop, but even if they just start to go for something that is jarring or doesn't really connect with the previous section, we usually tear it to pieces. Mm -hmm. We've done that before, and uh, this is just full of it. But it's hard to do it on this. Because the whole album is that. That's That's the thing. That is clearly their idea here. This is not that they dropped the ball. This is what they enjoy doing. Right. This is is a team of people working on this album to make it sound like this on purpose. Yeah. And on the... I mean, and I said this before when we were talking, you know, on, on the level of this being... Experimental jazz, freeform jazz, it succeeds. On the on the on the level of it wanting to be weird, it succeeds. On the level of it, you know, creating uh, an experience, maybe not so much an emotional response, but definitely creating an experience when you hear it, it succeeds. The problem is that the experience that it creates in me is not enjoyment. You know, I'm not like I don't. Maybe 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 it's like maybe it's just high concept art that I just don't get. But I don't feel like I'm involved. Like I don't feel like it's speaking to me. And maybe I'm not the audience. It, it's it's well, certainly this you is... know uh, uh, it's trying to reach, and that's a, I guess that's fair. But for me, it just it didn't it didn't work overall, unfortunately. Certainly, and that's not even uh, that's not even the extent of how bad this album could affect you. We had a friend <laughs> listening here who physically felt ill. Yes, um, um, it's it. I don't know. I, I think that I don't I don't know really what else to say about this album just because for me, like talent wise, do I want to rate it lower than some other stuff that we've rated? Not I'm not ready to rate it not, yet. Not yeah. really. I'm not rating it yet, but I just want to say that I it's going to be so difficult for me to put this on a on a, a certain pedestal along with the other albums we've rated because I mean, obviously I gave No Doubt a 3 a couple weeks ago, and I love No Doubt. I love their older work. You know, the new album was perfectly average it was okay but i don't know that i could rate this as high or low as no doubt because they're so well, let me, different let me just direct this a little bit let me start to provide some context because so far all we've just vented is confusion and dismay <laughs> so <laughs> which is actually very appropriate for this album that's fair enough it's a good way to start out actually all right if anybody knows vangelis vangelis started out with this techno work which stemmed a little bit from jazz started doing stuff in the 70s and perhaps in some way even spawned the whole techno craze. Okay. Now, I'm not going to completely call this techno. It incorporates a lot more jazz than it does techno, but a lot of it is synth work. A lot of it is, um, it, it's actually meant for sort of a, a low-key party style music. It's to some extent to be listened to passively, but on the other hand, if listened to in concert, could be listened to insanely actively. As, as uh, you said, 
an experience, yeah. something that, that occurs to you when you're just there completely, I don't want to say zoning out, because I do know people that would be very, very interested in these kind of soundscapes. They'd be interested to see where it goes, sure. and they'd probably have a lot more patience than we had with this album. <laughs> That's true. So That's true. For that crowd, I, I'm going to use Vangelis as a starter. But Vangelis did not do just sound bites. He was a fully-fledged composer. He actually strung things together from one moment to the next, and he really did have a story to tell in most of his work. Uh, I would probably compare this more with a band like Prefu 73, which actually has built their reputation off just doing sound bites, taking like like segments of speeches from various politicians and then putting them together in a, in a musical fashion mm. that is actually kind of creative. You know, not right. not for everybody, not for everybody, but it well, if probably if, had even a little bit more organization than this. Yeah, if this album has a something to say, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. And it's sort of like, I, I, I almost feel like there's, it's two parts. Like, if you are someone who enjoys soundscapes and, you know, almost ethereal uh, sort of techno-jazz-inspired stuff, then this might be right up your alley. You know, this yeah. might be, you might be able, you might discover something here um, worth your while. Um, but, you know, if, if you know, if the, if the word soundscape makes your skin itch, yeah. Then this is probably not going to be your cup of tea. I mean, I feel uh, I feel I, like I, this is definitely lo- going to be lost hands down on. And I hate to speak in generals, but but definitely the society standard of mainstream. This is going to fall right off. Nobody's going to have the patience for this. I feel. I feel like you have to oh, have no way. It's just it's it's not for the for the people who digest, you know, Katy Perry or even Matchbox Twenty or these bands who are very yeah. popular and very mainstream. This is going to fall completely off. You have to have an interest. I mean, honestly, you know what hooked me on some of these songs? How closely they resembled old school or even newer school video game music. Some of the flow uh, and was... the synthesized yeah. stuff. <clears throat> that's what drew me back to it for bits of time was this, Which, this kind of sound. I don't know we've mentioned it enough here, but that takes me back to Putty Boy Strut here. A lot of the intriguing thing, one of the intriguing things in that song was the fact that it had a melody. Yeah. We hadn't really heard a defined melody up until that point. Yeah. Uh, you described yeah. it as cute. <laughs> It Actually. was. It was very cute. Well, because yeah, the, up until that point, it just been very disjointed yeah. uh, combinations of sounds, which I guess are can be interesting. Sure. Um, but Putty Boy Show was the first time I actually heard the musical talent of this of this right. group or this person. It, it was an interesting melody. It, it was sort of it used this high pitched tone to sort of ramble up and down the melodic scale. It was mm-hmm. really really interesting. And uh, even though this is this could be taken a good or bad, the outro. Really had nothing to do with the song. No. So no, even that, really lo- almost to be all the outros have nothing to do but, with anything. But, but to its credit, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely yes, it was. gorgeous. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. I, I I must say that you know, um, the, of the, of the two pieces that I really enjoyed, that's one of them that I would probably end up like picking out to yeah. listen to again. Certainly. Yeah. But I, you know, there were some other things. I'm not going to say that like I I literally woke up after eight tracks. There were some other things leading up to this. Tiny tortures was the one that had that little crisp popping sounds oh, yeah, occurring yes, in it. Yes, I remember. But very, very intriguing. <clears throat> I've never heard anything quite the, like that. The in... Tiny Torch is also a perfect example of, of my feelings of this album overall in that yeah. it had a wonderful idea and did nothing, nothing else with it. Exactly. Undeveloped. Yeah. Uh, totally just repeated that same segment over and over and over again while adding some, you know, questionable choices. Yeah. Yeah. That, that this album is full of questionable choices, and I, you got to take that with the experimental. <laughs> and and the, the funny thing about that is that we've had other albums on here where we we've said that we almost expect them to screw stuff up or do something. Like there was a beautiful song on Matchbox 20's new album, which I won't remember the name of now because I have to. But um, it started with just an acoustic attraction. No, no, you're, that was a different you're affection. Okay. You're thinking of affection, affection uh, by, uh, and that was a different by, uh, yeah, all American rejects. But no, on, it's been on, 19 weeks. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this track by Matchbox 20 started with an acoustic guitar, and it was oh, I will was the name of the song, and it was just this beautiful kind of semi-romantic song that just, but just very beautiful, and it was just acoustic. And I was kind of waiting for that moment where they were going to screw up this beautiful acoustic with other instruments, and they did. They just this mm. beautiful acoustic song. But so so many songs now you. Ex- you kind of have expectations because of how a song is put together, especially in the the pop music eye right. of these bass formats. You expect certain things, and like this surprised me because I expected 
when they started like on Tiny Torches with this kind of interesting thing, I was like, oh, well, what's this building to? Oh, absolutely nothing. Well, right. What we're also talking about here is a very, very <coughs> fine line between the intriguing and the jarring. Yeah. And uh, a lot of and people interpret that. And they walk that, that line, too. They really do. Uh, but a lot of people interpret that very differently. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I guess overall, I'm just not sure what they're, and I keep saying they, it's just one guy, right? Pretty much, uh, but there were a lot of uh, contributors okay, on this yeah, album. I, I just don't, I just don't know what the point is. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and we've I, had a lot of what is art discussions. Well, on this I'm not podcast. even I'm not even saying I'm not even saying. Well, I mean, I guess my definition: if you create something that wouldn't have happened any other way, then that sort of is art. Um, but it has to have a point. You do have to have a message. Yeah, supposedly you have to have but even even if your case, point it is. Could be argued. I'm going to play total death advocate here. Oh, I, I am the sole defender of yeah, this yeah, album. Yeah. Um, and not even that much. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I think... Oh, where the hell was I? Um, I think that this album... I totally lost my train of thought. I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, All right, look, I got caught up in the problems. Even if the start. point of this album is to not have a point... Oh, that's it. My, my devil's that's, advocate point. That's still not... Enough. Yeah, no, no, that's not that's not where I was going with this though. It's not that there the point is not to have a point. The point could simply be that you know that immersive quality of being in a fairly tranquil environment and letting the sounds happen to you. Well, yeah, except that it's that not a particularly tranquil album. That's the problem. Um, there was you know I might argue that to be honest. I think that there I think that this album was far more tranquil. It, the jarring quality of it was not. You know, it's not like thrash metal jarring. It's well, not no, going no, to, no, 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 of course not. It's not going to perturb you, I don't think. Well, I was, I was perturbed. Yeah. You were perturbed? I was perturbed. I was, right. I was, I was fucking perturbed. <laughs> I was perturbed beyond the point of not... Perturbedness? Not perturbedness. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, well, we kind of got that point out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my, my biggest thing is, is also like... And I was kind of put off by a, quite a number of songs on here too, like uh, "Electric Candyman," which was a song featuring Tom York of uh, Radiohead, Radiohead fame. Yeah, which shows that this is not necessarily obscure. Uh, yeah, this band dribble. clearly has clout. They yeah. know people. They have Erica Badu. They've got Mr. York. They have, you know, they're very important people. They have Thundercat. Yeah, yeah they have thunder. very important people who want to be on it. So, but my problem was that track was so confusing because it was just at that point, and I think I think it was Nelson who said this first. It's just sounds for the sake of sounds. At that point, it wasn't even trying to be music on that song. It was just there were sounds. As happening. I said, that is where I step away from the experimental. Is that when it becomes arbitrary, I am no longer intrigued because right. arbitrary does detract from the point, if any. But I can accept at least that a point should could. Could, not for everyone, but it might just be that soundscaping effect. Right. And soundscaping, I still think that in a musical sense, a very vague musical sense that's difficult for me to put into words, can just be an experience. It's a flowing sensation from one moment to the next. But there's too many disconnections in this album. I find myself defending the idea of what the principle is behind this I, album, yeah, I was but not say, this album. I was going to say, you're more, I think you're more in love with and defending the... This is not a good example of what yeah. I was trying to bring to the table. Yeah. That's you, the you like the idea of this, but not necessarily this. Like You yeah. like the idea of having this kind of soundscape and, and, and this, this getting absorbed in this kind of environment that you just kind of get whisked away, but mm. this album did not do it. It clearly is not that, because by the... You're only whisked away for a few seconds at a time yeah. before something sort of derails you. If I was at, say, a cocktail party where I was having... That's a better example. You know, if, yeah. if, I, if I was ha and having, like, you know, conversation with groups of people and this was playing in the background, this would be lovely because yeah. it's, it's, it's just enough sound to be very interesting um, and I can tune in and out and it's something very, like, intriguing for just the moment it is, but sure. it doesn't take me out of my experience of being with someone. Exactly. And so in that regard, I think if this was background cocktail party music, fucking fantastic. That's very interesting. However, because, yeah. <laughs> it's not. As, a, as a listening experience, if, if I, and granted, I'm not a fan of soundscapes, but if, as a yeah. listening experience, it was incomplete. No, I, I, I yeah. totally agree with you there. Uh, it's just very interesting you mentioned that because at a cocktail party, of course, that would be a passive listening kind of thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, this music, uh, this style, not this album, the style is used for very, very active listeners who are very concerned with every little bit of minutia, uh, every little sound that they hear. Mm -hmm. They are scrutinizing, right? 
If anything, that's actually probably the appeal of instrumental work, is these are people that don't really want to hear lyrics. They don't want to get bogged in a, in a concrete message. They want the ineffable. Right. They want something that is... Not, not not trying necessarily to be obscure, but something that takes them to another level, something that makes them feel something they've never felt before. Sure. Only music can do that. Those people are listening very actively. They're listening to every little bass throb, every little But uh, I'm afraid even those pop. I'm afraid even those people though won't like it. Because no, not this. Not yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I am being so general. I am defending the idea, not the product. No, no, and yeah, and, right. and, and by and large, I mean, as a, as a magician, um, I use a lot of non-lyrical sort of atmospheric music whenever I'm doing an act. So, right. And there's probably something in here that I can probably use for a stage act. Um, sure, it just you might know. last for only 20 seconds. Exactly. And that's pretty sure it's stage act. Exactly. Yeah. You haven't seen my stage acts. <laughs> Fair enough. Hi, I'm Nelson Lugo. Good night. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that at this point, it's time to kind of wrap this yeah. up. Because I don't really think we have much else we can say it about pretty this. pretty much is. Uh, all I can do is sum it up. I've already mentioned Tiny Tortures. I think there was a lot of uh, interesting things going on there. I think that uh, Putty Boy Strut was, without question, the best track. Yeah, um, I think we're all in agreement there. I think, I think that... there was a beautiful choir sound in uh, the DMT song, which featured Thundercat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that choir work was actually very present. That, that was probably the one factor that I think really tied this together was that there was a lot of choir work. That yeah. that, that particular brand of soundscaping was sort of a, a running theme yeah. that I could gather. Yeah. Um, and that occurred several times at the end too. Phantasm, uh, and even to some extent the last couple of tracks. Yeah. So that's about what you're going to get in the way of a fully formed album. And I already was hesitant that when it comes to listening to this type of music on an album scale it's really hit or miss so alright I'll start off with the rating thing hit hit or miss we've maintained is is a three Um, I think I would probably keep it at about a three maybe a little bit above for the sake of what they're doing because I enjoy this soundscape material so much more than a lot of the previous stuff that we've done which I feel is a lot of rehashing the same thing granting it's a popular same thing but I have an I have a respect for the experimental. Okay. So I'm kicking it just a little bit above a three, three point two. Three point two. We're getting very technical. <laughs> um, Steve doesn't believe John in sticking knows. to three, I three, five, no. four. He doesn't. He he's in the middle. Okay. Somewhere. Um, All right. For for me, see, three for me is is just average, but just average that I enjoy. Whereas this is clearly not just average work. Clearly, there's talent and skill here. However, it's a band with talent and skill that I didn't enjoy even a tiny bit. There were songs and moments I enjoyed, but as an overarch, uh, I would never seek out this album, and I would not seek out any of their previous works based on this album. It's a shame I have not made you a believer. But, <laughs> I'm trying to convert him into the way of uh, complexity and all see, these other I things. Like, it doesn't see, happen. No, but that you're wrong, because I do like complexity, and I listen to plenty of music with complexity. I like classical music. I love orchestra, sure. big band. I just, but you're not going to get that in the soundbite level, and I understand. No, and that. that's my biggest problem, is I want to be connected to this, and I just wasn't. So for me, it's a two. It's a two because my own tastes bring it down. I think for someone who likes this kind of stuff, maybe a three or a four because they might like it. But for me, as a person who doesn't really enjoy it, except on a very minor level, it's a two for me because I just I get nothing from it. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's the thing. You you don't have the, the basis by which to enjoy it. And even if you did have the basis, as I do, you probably wouldn't be rating it highly within that field. I might have bumped it up like another half, half, a, half a rating if, if I had heard previous work that I did enjoy. But even then, I mean, I try not to rate on past yeah, experience no, anyway. So that's... for me, a solid two. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think I'm with Matt on this one in that, you know, I, I, I hear the talent. I, 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 I understand... Um, in, in listening what's going on that they're attempting to do something different. They're, they're attempting to create something unique and, and wholly original. It just uh, did not work for me overall. And there's not enough of this album uh, for me to recommend the whole thing. You know, um, That's the problem. You know, if, if it was just the two tracks that I really liked, then I would probably score it pretty high. Um, but as a result, I'm, I'm just going to have to give this a two. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the work that went into it because I, I hear it, but it's only glimpses of it. That's fair. 
Yeah. You know, as far as I'm concerned, there are there are probably more than two tracks for me in terms of uh, elements that I enjoy. Yeah. But that's the big detractor for me, because you know if we're gonna go by taste. There are elements here that might actually put me in four territory if they were stated correctly. There's just nothing to give me context, though. Yeah. And that's why it drags down to a three point right. two. I just yeah, but I, like, I, I gotta I gotta give it a little better than I've given some other things that I think are total rehashes of the right. same. So it's experimental that I'm rating well for as well as poorly. <laughs> it's a weird little yeah, ground. But you know, but if if someone really likes soundscapes, you know, they'll they'll probably find uh, they'll uh, find some stuff there. here that they're really going to enjoy. Certainly. And uh, now to take a line from um, from your famous podcast. <laughs> hey Nelson, what's up? <laughs> hey Matt, how are you? Famous podcast? I don't know if we're famous yet. I just we're only three episodes in for for. But there are three in. strong episodes. Oh, I thank you. I'm waiting um, for the infamous. Infamous. <laughs> um, but but uh, what's up? So tell us a little. Obviously, if if our listeners, all two, three, four of them that I know actually sure. are out yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Tell us how you, you know a little bit about yourself, how you got started. Um, I mentioned some of the things that you're working on, but uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of how you got started doing the things that you do? Oh dear. Uh, well, when I was nine years old, uh, no, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go that far back. My um, father said to me, <laughs> "I well, I mean, my my story because I'm primarily a magician, um, and my story is actually quite common. I got a magic kit for Christmas." And I just kept uh, playing with it, where most kids moved on to, like, Transformers and G.I. Joes. And, I was that kid. I was that uh, kid as yeah. well. Yeah. I got a magic set, you I got, like, you I got, had the box, and it was fun for a week. Yeah, like, yeah exactly, got, yeah. yeah. And you'd, cool. be, you'd be in the majority. Yeah. Uh, I am the minority in that. Um, and uh, that's basically it. I, you know, I, I, I kind of grew up idolizing all of these sort of magicians and vaudevillians, and, and I watched a lot of old movies, and... And then I wanted to grow up to become an actor, came to New York and went to acting school, realized I didn't want to be an actor, but I loved being on stage. You know, I loved, right. I, I loved performing. I just don't like uh, uh, acting as a, as a career choice. And so um, through a weird kind of happenstance, I, I, I performed at uh, what used to be called Floating Vaudeville. Um, at the uh, Galapagos at its original location, not where it is now. Oh, wow. And, um, and a burlesker there uh, saw me, took a shine to me, and said, "Hey, would you like to host a burlesque show?" And I'd never even seen burlesque, let alone <laughs> let alone know what the how to host that damn thing. And uh, and then I did it. And before you know it, um, eight years later, um, I've got my own show that I do, and I've I've got a podcast now, and I'm building kind of like a nerdy entertainment. I mean, like yeah, a you know empire. You've and got this kind of brand already. I mean, I hope so. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a brand. Well, and... I mean, I know from a. Fa- I mean, I first saw you. I first saw you when um, I was at the, um, the what was it, the Quidditch World Cup, and you yes. were there with Shark Bite Sideshow. Yeah. And you know, this guy comes out on stage with a giant nail and a hammer, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. <laughs> and I mean, and the show was just so much fun, and there was so much charisma. But the most important thing that that attracted me to the show, and then attracted me to other things that you had done is that you guys were just nice and funny and very like just down to earth people I mean even like uh, uh, the times that I've I've met you and hung out with you you know in, we go to like z- zero to Mass Effect three in thirty seconds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and you know you know and it's it's very cool to meet people in, in in any industry that are very nice and approachable and that that makes it a lot easier and the fact that you're you're at least I can tell with the people that you're friends with on Facebook and your fans uh-huh. you're known for certain things and you're building around that and yeah. that's I mean that's important. Well, yeah, I think. Um... See, this whole thing just like happened by accident. Like, I didn't, I didn't set out to to you know build a brand. I never. That was never something that was in my head. I mean, right. you know, Schaefer and I, uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord. For those of you who don't, who aren't on a last name basis with Schaefer the Dark Lord, we only have so many people uh, that we promote, and that never never <laughs> hesitates to promote him. That's true. Uh, and uh, so he and I did our first nerdy burlesque show together as a joke. Right, like we never thought that it would ever a thing. a thing, and then you know we're 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 now going into our fourth season of Epic Wind Burlesque. That's great. And you know, if you had told me five years ago that that would be a thing in my life, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. 
It's too much work. I'm too lazy. Like that's you know that's not what I want to do. I just want to be hired to do stuff and that let that be that. But now I'm like I'm running a production company and and you know we're doing tons and tons of shows every single year and and it's it's crazy and it's all relatively brand new, you know. And so you know, I'd like to think that I've you know I haven't lost touch with the common man, and you know <laughs> because I mean I'm still sell well, I'm still the dorky, awkward, you you know inappropriate guy. I was. I just you just get to do it in the grand steel. Exactly. I get, to, I get I get to do it where more people can be in judgment of me. <laughs> exactly. That's, uh, Basically, especially awesome. Actually. Yes. Um. I mean, I think I I think I finally arrived because I got my first piece of hate mail uh, the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Someone, someone... Did they write you a letter or an email? Well, they didn't write me. They wrote... Um, they wrote Epic Win Burlesque. Uh-huh. And um, because... And because I'm... Uh, uh, because I manage all that stuff. I see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, this was a, a show in D.C. where one... Where there, there was a, there was a guy in the audience who was uh, uh, basically heckling me. and But heckling, like, very much like a frat boy. Like, you know, yeah. shows the tits and stuff. And, right, yeah. And then... And so I just... I kind of... I, you know, I said, hey, you know, bro, bro, bro. Relax, bro. You're in a room full of nerds. You may want to... You're outnumbered. You may want to tone that down a bit. And everybody laughed. Everybody thought that was a good joke. And I kind of moved on, right? Right. Yeah. Apparently, the guy who said that was the uh, Magic the Gathering Vermont State champ. And, <laughs> wow. and so his, not, not even him, but like his friends started writing hate mail about me, but they were doing it in such a bro way that I don't, I thought, I think the irony of their posts were kind of lost on them. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so they're saying that they said, they're saying that I suck and I'm a horrible person and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I guess, I mean, I'm okay, I guess. I, I mean, you know, when you put yourself out there with that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, you're, you're going to get, eventually get that kind of response from somebody. We well, get that from spam mail, mainly Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, oh man, the, the, Abercrombie sh- Sale has said it so many times. The, 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 sh- the, the sheer comedy and the fact that, yes. you know, like I never thought I would, I, I never set out growing up wanting to do a web, manage a website and no. do a podcast. No. But once I, when I was laid off, a little over a year ago, I wanted something to do. So right. I didn't go crazy. And I'd been working on this blog before I had gotten laid off. Yeah. So I decided to kind of go to that next level. And honestly, I take the hate mail hate mail over the spam comments. Because we've got <laughs> we get automated like they're picking words from word clouds telling us how terrible our post is, but using horrible grammar and no punctuation. Some of them are nice. That's a nice post, that's a nice post, that's a nice post, that's a nice post. And it repeats it over there over. It's just, oh, just keep on going. Uh, the, the the bad ones are like in in the in the realm of of your post is strife with spelling errs <laughs> and just <laughs> <don't>, yeah. <laughs> the irony is too too perfect uh yeah well i think i think that's really i think that's a i mean your story is a very common story like me like the the, the reason why epic win burlesque has grown exponentially year after year is because um i uh, uh i quit my my day job because my boss was being a dick. And then I'm like, well, I've got all this time. free time. I'm going to pour it into this stupid little nerdy booby show that I do. And it's now become a, a life of its own. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's become its own thing. Yeah. Uh, bigger than me. Like, you know, it's like, I, um, I never liked being the representative of Epic Rain Burlesque. Because right. when I'm on stage, and this is a unique thing about me, when I'm on stage, I demand all your attention all the time because I'm a needy mother, <laughs> little, little motherfucker. But the second I'm off stage, like, just don't look at me. I don't like. I'm, I become the shy, awkward little uh, nerd that I that I always am, and I yeah. like you know it. Uh, and so I never liked being the mouthpiece. I never liked being the representative of Epic Win because I think Epic Win is really bigger than that. Right. You know what I mean. Um, so, it's just, it's weird. It, it, my, my life has just gotten weird. weird. Awesomely weird. But weird. But weird nonetheless. No, yeah. I mean, basically. And, and actually the cool thing is I've made contacts within Nerdcore, within Burlesque recently, and some other entertainment venues that, and I'm, I'm starting to push my podcast out there and on them, and I'm getting responses back from people saying that they like it and that it's really good and... Because you're a pushy bastard. <laughs> well, I've, I've learned that... Like, the, like my page? Like my page? Well, I've like learned my page. The only way you get anywhere in modern social networking is being a whore. That's, yeah. That's really it. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Pretty much. You have to. Yeah. If you have an event, you have to promote it. If oh. you, 
Like, yeah. I mean, and and honestly, and this is one thing that was like that's very great about you, and I'm thankful about Schaefer and 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 Doc Wasabasco, who, who I've spoken to a lot, and like sure. all these people, is. I'm a pain in the ass, and they're still nice to me. He's like, like, cause I'm, thanks, Dave. like, nice. like I've messaged, and I feel so bad because Schaefer tells me he feels terrible. Like, I'll message Schaefer, hey, do you think this month we could do a podcast? He's like, oh yes, definitely great. I'll let you know, and then he'll come back to me saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm really busy. I can't. Yeah. Can we do another time? And I'm just grateful that he's still responding to my messages. You know, I mean, I just because I know I'm a pain in the ass about it, but because I, I, no, but, but the, 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 it's sort of like. You don't need to be a dick to get ahead yeah. in any kind of endeavor that you set your path on. Do dicks make it in this world? Fuck yes. Okay. Dicks make it in this yeah. field all the time. But the thing is, you don't have to be a dick. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that you need to be a cutthroat asshole in order to succeed in this life. And, and like, no, I can't. I'm an asshole. I'll, I'll freely admit it as much, but I'm not going to be an asshole in order to further my career. You know what I mean? It's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not worth it. Like, you know, trust me, I can find 20 things about you I can be an asshole about that has nothing to do with what I do for a living. <laughs> you know? Uh, because he's just that talented. Well, <laughs> well, yes, thank you very much. No, but the thing is, like, it's just... I like to... I like being able... And I think you've done... You guys have done this to some extent. That you're kind of... You're separating what you're creating from you. There's a you that you live in your everyday life and then there's a thing that you create. And that and what you create is sort of uh, uh, consumed by uh, the audience by and large, however they consume it. Right. And then and then it's out of your hands. It's like it's a little it's like a little bird. Set it in wings, it's flying, it's going yeah. away. And that no longer belongs to me. That belongs to the fans. Yeah. You know um, exactly. And so I can't I don't think it's Worth my time or trouble to be mean or or you know uh, a dick yeah. to to get what I want because I can I can do it just as easily being you know civil and yeah. nice and yeah yeah you know and I think well people said, are yeah, more yeah. more people are more inclined to come back to you if you're that way I mean well you know what if it's, you're, it's if you're really nice it's, and respectful I think I think it, it really it comes from the audience that you want yeah you know what true. I mean like the, the the audience that I want you know um, I want them to be loyal and I want them to to appreciate what I do and I want them to keep coming back yeah and the best way I know how to do that is to be kind and to give them what they want you know and yeah. to really and listen to them when when they have like this guy who has sent me you know hate mail you know i'm more than willing to listen to what he has to say sure you know it's entirely possible i was completely out of line you know and whether whether i like it or not you know uh, that particular person did not have a good time at my show yeah mm. and i am more than willing to listen to sit down and listen to it if he's willing to have a civil conversation about it, but yeah. if he just wants to troll me and, and, and say I suck, and then like I can't, there's I, there's nothing for me to respond to. And that that yeah. I find is especially in podcasting. I find can't that people to be like called, you necessarily. What? You can't make people like you. No, no, of course. And but I you find, can make it easier for them. Yeah, you can, of course. Yeah. I feel like in podcasting, especially like I, I've started to build this website and my podcast, especially around other people that I've been fans of for, for years doing this stuff Sure, and modeled and, and my biggest influence. And I've told him himself when I've met him is Chris Hardwick, um, the <laughs> nerdist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a very big fan of his podcast and he started with the website and then started doing a podcast and that's what I'm trying to do. But he talks about how he gets so much response now that he can't, and, but and he can get a mil and it's the nature of this business. Once you get big enough. Sure. Doesn't matter how many compliments you could get. You get a thousand compliments. Yeah. It's the one asshole who's yeah. calling you out, especially if you're self-conscious, that's going to get your attention because yeah. you care. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, and that's the yeah. nature. I mean, if you were an asshole who didn't care, you just look over look Sometimes it. we make mistakes as well. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have, we, we're in the business here where we try to emphasize that we are in the business of spouting opinions. Yeah. We offer our opinion for music. We obviously cannot tell you what to like. But with that comes a degree of news. And with that news, we have made mistakes before. We yeah. try to rectify it. We try to post it in the comment board and everything. But we have been called out at times. And mm -hmm. it, it feels bad. Mm -hmm. We try to rectify it to the best of our ability. But, you know. Well, I mean, but there's a, there's a, a very big difference. There's no fine line between, you know, calling someone out because you delivered inaccurate information rather than right. saying you suck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and... I would and and because you can do something about one, you can't do something about the other. Of course, you know, that, that actually you, you can't you can't source an opinion page. 
Yeah, that's but the problem. and that kind of brings me back to something very core to music that I find is very important. I've said ever since I was old enough to actually talk about music mm-hmm. is I have no respect for someone who just says this band sucks because that's nothing. That's yeah. nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I always respect a person who says, "Well, this band isn't good because I don't. Re- I don't think this band is very good because I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this." And that I'll respect. But right. you can't just go around saying they suck. They have no talent. They obviously have something. They're making more money than you. Well, yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, I guess there's something. Yes, you're absolutely right. I you, think and you can't just make a blanket statement. You no. have to have. Reasons. My, my where I draw the line is, you know, you may not like what I do because you've experienced what I have to offer, but once you make a value judgment on who I am as a person based on your experience, then that's where I draw the line. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay for you not to like what I do. It's okay for you yeah. to hate what I do. Sure. But but if you're going to draw a conclusion based on who I am in the world, Based on what you don't like about what I'm doing, then I then your opinion means nothing to me. Yeah, and I you think know. that's fair. And I, I think that was that's always the thing that I've always felt bad about. You know, a lot of these people that I follow, and you know, the people just lash out at them because they're yeah. a person. Well, I, I think it's you know it's the greater internet dickwad theory. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like internet plus anonymity. Creates an asshole, right? <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, that's true because you could have a ton of people telling you online that they hate you and you suck, but in person they might not have the guts to do the same thing. Well, no, and the thing is, if 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 you genuinely do not like me yeah. as a person, that's also fine. But why just, would... just back it up with yeah. something like you know, like if you're going to not if if you think I'm an asshole because you didn't like my card trick. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. But if you think I'm an asshole because I called you a bro when you are the Vermont State <laughs> Magic Gathering ch- that champ. That might be valid. You, that might be valid. Yeah. No, you know? that's fair. Uh, but again, I'm not, I, you know, there, give me something to respond to and I will, I will produce some kind of result. Yeah. But if you're going to just make blanket statements, then Certainly. I can't do anything with there's a reason we uh, talk about albums that often we go into with very low expectations. We still give them a half an hour, 45 minutes of solid listen because everything deserves a try. Yeah. And we've I, been surprised. Yeah. Often. I mean, and there are yeah. plenty of albums we've listened yeah. to where we were completely blown away and we didn't expect to be. And, I mean, th- that I think is one of my favorite things about putting content online, which, I mean, like I said, a year ago today, I would have never thought I'd be as intense on doing this stuff as I am now. Sure. Yeah. And, and it, it's nice... When you put something out there and you do get the positive response, that's that's always good. But I I, I think both sides are just as important. If you're getting subst- a criticism with substance, yeah. that's just as important as getting positive feedback. Absolutely, uh, because absolutely, you, because Definitely. you you can't move forward without that kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and and I want to go on record as saying that I'm I've had a habit of in the past, especially when friends come to me with criticisms, going, "Hey, you, you don't know what you're talking about. It's fine." <laughs> And then, <laughs> then two or three people later will say the same thing. Yeah. And then I'll go, okay, maybe there's something to this. So I want to openly say that, yes, I'm not great with criticism, but I'm trying to get better. And th- doing this will make me better with it. I mean, I think I, I've learned that mm-hmm. going forward, if someone comes to me and says, this is too long, you need to fix this, you need to change this, I have to take it into consideration and fully analyze it, just not write it off because I think I know better. Yeah, you I can tear me to pieces. I, 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 need, a, I need someone to pop my Fuck yeah, you're, I yeah. need to knock you off exactly. that fucking high horse of yours, exactly. sir. Yeah. God, so pretentious. You're getting too big for your britches. Because, you know, I, I, I was a music major at New Paltz, you know. Oh, no. We can't all go to New Paltz, of course. You know, I think, I think it just comes down to, I mean, you kind of have to develop a, a, a thick skin when you're doing this. And, yeah. And, I mean, um, I've been very, very grateful for all, all of, like, the years of stage time that I've done because I've dealt with Heckler, more hecklers you could possibly ever imagine. Oh, I can imagine, um, especially doing magic and stuff. I'm yeah, sure exactly. You get. And and I've you know, and even my friends heckle me. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm not quite sure how that works out, but <laughs> I get heckled a lot. And so I don't. I kind of take the internet stuff with a grain of salt because I'm kind of used to it. You know, yeah. it's it it's kind of ultimately meaningless to me until unless it's backed up with substance, but. You know, I mean, as as content creators here, we are all content creators at this point. You know, uh, it just all we can do is is create the content that we want to listen to or we want to experience and hope for the best. Really, that's why, that's why I think the word troll is one of the best words ever created in modern <laughs> jargon because it really puts that personality in such defined perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that agree. that you know, before. haters gotta hate. That's it. Yeah, haters that's, gotta that's, hate. That's, that's basically what it boils down to. The obnoxious, I know everything, I will tell you, you're wrong, you're wrong. Just to 
inflate my ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. Uh, yeah. Um, but, okay. Yeah, I, I want to get to, before we get, uh, although I'm very much happy that we actually had this conversation about trolls on the internet, because I've wanted to talk about it for a while, but I just never really comes up. It's one of those things where you we go into this going, yeah, hey, we, we have a topic, and then we completely blow past it. It's kind of very personal. We, we started yeah. talking about emotional issues. In the, yeah, the, it's a sensitive podcast yeah, it's, it's for sensitive, sensitive people. Pod. But I want to make sure that we promote some of your stuff that's coming up. Um, oh, thank so you. I know you have some shows coming up. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. If uh, you want to tell our 10 listeners. Pitch everything you want. Excellent. Yes. Lady, buckle up, listeners. It's going to be a while. Get out your calendars. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I've got I've got a couple I've got a couple of shows coming up um, that might be relevant to some people's interests. Um, this Friday and Saturday, November sixteenth uh, and seventeenth, at the Tank Theater, uh, Epic Wind Burlesque is doing their tribute to Tolkien. We're doing uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Sexy, a burlesque tribute nice. to all things Lord of the Rings, and it's going to be a two night run at the Tank Theater. Uh, you can find out more information at epicwinburlesque.com or uh, find us on Facebook. On December 1st, Saturday, December 1st, we have our, um, our regular uh, Geek Boy show, which is an all-male burlesque review show. Cool. Um, and it's a fantastic night. It's one of my favorite shows. I love doing this show because uh, it gets a completely different audience. It's a completely di- different atmosphere. Sure. And it is, it is a rockin' ass party. Um, so if scantily clad uh, geek boys and uh, muscled uh, uh, Pokemon trainers appeal to you in any shape or form, then please show up December 1st at our bar. And you, again, you can find that at epicwinburlesque.com. Um, and then, I guess the last thing I want to plug would be January 5th. It's a Saturday, January 5th. That's going to be our new nerd review. And that's, uh, that's, that's exactly what it sounds. We, we, you know, we, we find the newest burlesquers on the scene, um, and we invite them to come and perform their nerdiest act. Or um, seasoned professionals who have brand new nerdy acts. Nice. And so it's a nice mixed bag of of seasoned talent with brand new acts and new talent that is really trying desperately to sort of break into the burlesque biz. And that's always a really really good time because you get you get to see, you know, um, you know, like you you and I were talking like we you know we love Nasty Canasta. Sure. You know we love Magdalene Fox. Sure. You know we love Mary Sin, and you know this show gives audiences an opportunity. To see like the newest, uh, the newest up and comers right. when they're just starting out, it's always a fun time to, to, to do those shows. Um, and of course, there'll probably be some like Shark Bite sideshows in the middle of all of that. And sure, you can find Shark Bite sideshow on Facebook as well. Shark Bite sideshow that's produced by the fantastic and lovely Joe Shark. Joe Shark, mm. yes, fitting, fitting name for, for, for that show. Uh, yeah, does he, does he bite? Um, only if you want him to. But he is a bit of a pincher. He does like to pinch. Ooh. I've had to. I've had to give him several, several yellow cards. It sounds like a, <laughs> a, a, a sounds like a KG affair. Uh, no, but he's a very lovely man. He's oh. a very very lovely man. He just has a, a he has a pinching fetish. I guess is what you can say. Okay, so uh, so, Um, you know, keep your distance and all. (laughs) uh, um, I also want to give a a special shout out to um, a burlesque performer who actually told me recently that she's been listening to the episodes. uh, uh, Kita Sincere. Kita Sincere. Hello, Kita. I adore her, and she told me that she 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 actually came to me at one of the shows I was working at recently and said. I love the podcast, but I want to talk back to you guys, and I can't. Aww. So, so thank you for listening. I'll tell you course, what, Kia, we're at gonna... some point when the technology comes our way, we will have a, a phone-in option. No, no, yes. no, no. We're gonna Doctor Who this, Kita. We're gonna about to have a conversation. Okay, how are you, Kita? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. She didn't say that. You lie. Damn it! You, you ruined it. You, tried you to ruined it. it. You ruined it. <laughs> but, but of course, I want to thank all all the people who've been listening, and and please share it with your friends. Um, you can of course email us anything you'd like, anything at this point at crashcordblog <laughs> at gmail dot com. Anything. Um, the last five minutes has just been plugging. <laughs> I want to kill myself. Um, of course, uh, comment on the site and, yes. and all of that stuff. All the comments, um, and you know, please, uh, please find uh, my podcast, which is uh, the Epic Piecast, uh, which is on the Nerdy Show Network. And uh, definitely check that out as well. Um, 
And I would like to ask... Oh, oh wait. Save, save the children and all that. 75 cents to a dollar in Africa can save the... <laughs> yes. I'm going to punch you in the face when you turn off the microphone. <laughs> um, so, uh, and... To, to, I gotta say it. I feel like we're forgetting somebody. Uh, wrap, wrapping up, though, um, I do want to uh, talk about what we're going to review next week. Um, I, I've been trying to think of a few different albums that I'd want to pick, and it was kind of a tough decision, but providing it's out by next week, which I'm pretty sure it will be, I'm going to have to double check on the album title. I believe it's Feel Again, but the new One Republic album, it'll definitely be in the show notes for, for this week. Um, but that will likely be the album as long as it's out. If not, the fallback is The Connection by Papa Roach. So I will put for sure in the show notes which album it will be so you guys can be prepared well, for next week. What a week. little cheap shot for you. If this, then that. Well, I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> to check. Um, I am so going to punch you in the face when you turn off that microphone. I I'm just trolling the whole end of this podcast. I really, yeah, you really are. Totally just contradicted everything and, we, uh, we, we abhorred. And uh, I would like to ask uh, uh, Nelson if you do the honor and say our sign-off for us. Ladies and gentlemen, music is life and life is good.